Mindfulness Mode 252. I needed to unlock the energy system and the emotional system and then the physical because if we don't do those other two, the physical doesn't change. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for hanging in. Thanks for being here. You might have noticed that things have been a bit different lately. I've been I've been away. I get back and then I was ill for a while and just dealing with all these things. Didn't miss any episodes, but you'll notice on today's episode that my voice was a little rough when I interviewed my guest. So thanks for hanging in here and uh, just being here twice a week. It's so awesome that I know that you're supporting the podcast and that you're tuning in on a regular basis. I really appreciate it. That's what enables me to keep on with the episodes and keep mindfulness mode going. Last time I featured a guest who experienced several transitions from being obese, he was out of shape both physically and nutritionally, his wife was ill. Well, he's now a person who practices mindfulness, he's turned his life around. It's really an excellent episode. I'm sure you'll enjoy the interview. It's mindfulnessmode.com slash 251. So go back and go back and check out Brian Falchuk if you haven't had a chance. Today, this this was fascinating to me. I'm I'm with a woman who understands how to handle our energy, our emotion, how to deal with our physical self, but she's been involved in an underworld area, so to speak. A, a, an area of life not commonly talked about you'll find out in my introduction you'll find out as we move along but she's very wise she's a very gentle soul she has so much to offer i'm sure you will enjoy the amazing insight today of dana ferrant so sit back relax and enjoy today's episode thanks mindful tribe I am really super pumped today. I have Dana Ferrant with us today. She's from Barrie, Ontario. Hey, Dana, are you in mindfulness mode? (laughs) I am most definitely on mindfulness mode, Bruce. (laughs) That's good. I'm going to share with Mindful Tribe a little bit about you before we get into a a very fascinating conversation. Because I was just saying, you know, Dana has one of the most interesting stories, one of the most grabby stories that I have heard from anybody that I've interviewed. But here's what I'm going to share with you right now. Dana Ferrant is a master healer, a life strategist, a published author, and past CEO of a near seven-figure business. And get this, she's also a former dominatrix. Dana is a transformational coach who uses dynamic tools for rapid change. Her kick-ass energy and ability to perceive, pinpoint, and pop the problem limiting you, your body, or your business while still having fun. (laughs) So you can tell she's got amazing abilities. So Dana, let's talk right off the bat about mindfulness. Tell me, what does mindfulness mean to you? 
You know, it's so interesting, Bruce, in leading up to this interview, I've actually done five days of taking people through how, different ways to get connected and being in their body on my Facebook feed. So it's so, you know, it's so timely that we're, we're talking about this. But for me, mindfulness is key to being able to be focused, to be in your body, um, connected to your intuition, connected to that, you know, source energy, all of those things, and out of the fight or flight and into the relaxation response. So it has such dynamic effect that crosses all areas of our lives, not just, it's not just about being relaxed, it's about being able to be focused and present and, you know, on your game as well. Yeah, for sure, on your game. And speaking of your game, I know everybody's anxious to hear your story about, you know, how did you become a dominatrix? But I want to talk first about back further, way back. You had some struggles in your life. You were, uh, it, it was almost a near cult, you, you explained, that you were in. Can you tell us about that and how old were you when all this happened? Mm-hmm. So I actually consider it a mild cult. And if you, if you look at the indexed of, of cults, Jehovah Witness is listed as a mild religious cult. And so I grew up in that from zero to 18. And okay. you know, there's, a, there's a lot that goes on with cults and that dynamic. Um, so there's challenges in that. But For sure. Yeah, that was, that was my background. Until you were 18. And then Mm -hmm. when did you leave home and when did you start a life of your own apart from that? Yeah. So that was, you know, on just before my 18th birthday, I had had enough and, you know, I was already done school and all of, you know, high school anyway. And, and I just, I've known for a while at that point that I really needed out that there was a lot of craziness going on. You know, like a lot of cults, there was abuse in my family. So I got to experience physical abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse, and of course, spiritual abuse because, you know, the religion sets that up. Um, so I, I got to sample from the smorgasbord. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, describe to us uh, spiritual abuse and what that looked like in your life. In my life, it was it's being bombarded with ideas and so in that religion, they, um, you have to go to church three times a week. So you're, you're going for classes three times a week. You're supposed to read their material, you know, every day. You have to go door knocking once a week. So you're, you're in it and you're inundated. And then the other big thing is, is that you're segregated from the world. So I wasn't allowed to socialize with friends that I may have made in school. I could only socialize with people that were in the church. And, you know, it was very much this insular community, you know, so the, the only people that I had were those in the church. Right. I see. So that must have made you feel very isolated then. it Was it a feeling like you were just escaping at 18? Yeah, it was, you know, it's nerve wracking, it's escaping, it's, you know, it's this mix of finally, I'm going to get to do what I want to do. And then also mixed in with this, I'm not really sure what I want to do. I just know what I don't want. And what I didn't want was was the religion because it just did not work for me. So how did you end up in this role as a dominatrix? <laughs> I know. It always, it's always a funny little bridge to say, oh, I went from being in a cult to a dominatrix. And it's, you know, it's like, what? So, you know, 
the fact that I had been through this abuse when I left home, that's when I started to go for therapy and read self-help books and, and trying to untangle what had happened, untangle the, you know, the programming that I grew up in, untangle the, the effects of the abuse. And through that process, that's when I started to, to realize, okay, that stuff isn't working. I'd kind of gotten to this, you know, level where I like, oh, I'm pretty good. You know, I got myself through massage college. I got started a business. I got married, you know, had a cat, had a house, all that, you know, trappings of I was okay on the outside. But on the inside, I was still a mess. I was still addicted to food. I was, you know, a compulsive person and never really feeling relaxed. So one day my, a new client comes in and she disclosed to me that she was involved in kink. And of course, you know, there needs to be that discussion because I'm going to see marks and bruises and we need to openly talk about this. So that sparked something for me. And I just kept asking her questions and asking her questions. And of course, the relationship that I'm in wasn't going to work for me to explore it. So as soon as I left him, the first thing I did was phone her up and say, okay, when's the next party? Because I'm in. And exploring that, first of all, on the submissive side, I went through a massive transformation. I, I was able to recreate the memories, reenact the abuse, but have a different outcome. Oh. And so for the first time, I was able to relax and let go and, you know, stop being hypervigilant all the time. And, you know, I could go for walks and feel connected to, you know, the nature and, and be at ease in my body that I never had before. So did this give you an inner confidence? Did this give you a strength? So at first, yeah, it did initially. So at first bit was, was healing my body. And when, when I realized, okay, this, this is massive for healing the body on a, on a core cellular level, then I realized I wanted to take other people on the same journey. And that's when I moved into the other side of the whips and picked up the dominatrix side, because I wanted to take people on this spiritual, physical, emotional transformation through the whips. And that's, that's what led me to the dungeon. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Does that make so, sense? Th- so this is all about, you know, having a partner that is agreeable to all of this kind of thing and yeah, you're I- using the whips and you're using other things and it's all done through consent you know there's a lot of negotiation that goes on you do not just you know enter into this lightly there's a lot of discussion but what most people don't realize is that kind of um, experience can actually empower a person to let go of the baggage and actually release because what it looks like on the outside is that the dominatrix has all the power and they just are doing what they want to do. But what's actually going on is this submissive has all of the power because they are choosing to surrender in that moment, choosing to surrender in that scene. And they always have the ultimate stop. So they can always push that emergency stop button and end the scene. So, you know, somewhere in the back of your mind, you, you trust that you have that power and because of that, it, it does empower you. It, it allows you to actually surrender. I mean, you talk about mindfulness, okay? The dungeon is the ultimate mindfulness experience because 
especially from the dominatrix side, you have to be focused. Like you do not have a choice. You have somebody's life in your hands. You need to be completely focused on what you're doing, where you're landing, you know, the strikes, what's going on with them, what's their physiology, monitoring them, right? You are aware of absolutely everything. So that, that ability to just unplug the rest of the world the dungeon was the greatest experience for me with that. Wow. So is this basically role-playing, would you say? It's role-playing to a whole nother level. So most people do role-playing and they're like, ah, <laughs> right? And, you know, they'll just like poke around at it. But this is role-playing where it's serious. So I would level it to more um, stage acting. So if you are performing on a stage, you're, let's say you're performing a Shakespearean play, you need to get in that role. It's that level of role play. You're, you're not just like sort of poking around at it. You're actually in it. Well, I know with mindfulness, I like to teach, you know, it's about non-judgment, not judging mm-hmm. others. Now, I can't think of anything that would get more judgment than saying, hi, <laughs> I'm a dominatrix. <laughs> it's fabulous <laughs> for that. It really is. I, I love it. You know, when I first started out, I was going to the wrong groups of networking and I would, you know, I would introduce myself. I'd say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm an empowerment coach and I teach women how to step into the energy of their dominatrix. You know, I bring my past and, and, and they would like, mm, yes, I back can me believe up and it. going, oh, I'm really happy with my husband. I'm thinking, um, that's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> like, you know? So yeah, I is absolutely. And, and it's been a gift for me to be able to be willing to let people judge me for that to be okay. And also for me to get into that space of non-judgment, like, because it's not appropriate for me to judge what the submissive is into or not into. It just just becomes a matter of, you know, can we, can we negotiate? Is that, does that a match or is it not a match? You know, if it's not a fit for both of us, then it's not, it's not going to be part of the dungeon scene. So, yeah, so it's a really valuable, valuable school skill. Well, I guess so. So now you spend most of your time as a life strategist. Do you work in that dominatrix uh, field anymore? No, I have put down the website. I much prefer the energy tools. And I and I actually call myself the lazy dominatrix now um, because it's a lot of work to beat people. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a very physical job. Uh-huh. And, and you're also very much on like the whole time you, you have to, your, you, your game is like top level when you're there. This is not a half-assed job. You can't come in and be distracted. Wow. Well, <laughs> I can't imagine I can't imagine this because this is outside of my world in such a big way, but I'm sure yeah. it is for many people, for, for sure. others, maybe not. But the thing is, you know, like you say, it's full consent and it's mm-hmm. a situation where you're you're going through this sort of like real role play and wow. And then you're you're actually progressing in your own life, in your own feelings about who you are, where you are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's the thing that most people miss is how much of a of a personal growth process this is, right? Okay. Who you have to become in order to step into that role. 
it's a big shift. And, and this is where I love, you know, transitioning this over for people in business, you know, who I was as a dominatrix and, and being able to like step in there and own that confidence, but authentically own it, not right. faking it. You can't fake it. Submissives can smell it. They, you know, so right. you have to own it. And to think like if, if people stepped into their businesses with that much authentic confidence, what is that going to do for them? Right. Right. That's why I get so excited about this because it's like the skill set is just phenomenal. And I want people to get into that energy. They don't have to pick up any whips. It's not required. But to get the feeling of it. And you get excited about fear as well, don't you? I I mean, you wrote an entire book called Beyond Fear, Daily Inspiration to Ignite your, Your Power and Reclaim Your Life. Tell us what took you to the point to write that book. Yeah, I, you know what, fear for me um, has always been this, this piece of demystifying it and, you know, to stop giving it power. Very early on, I had a therapist who said to me, fear is excitement without the breath. And, and I thought, you know, that's really quite interesting. And so the more I've studied it, the more I realized that fear, and when we talk about, there's two types of fear. So there's, there's real fear, like you're, you're in the desert and a tiger is chasing you. That's real fear, okay? Somebody's chasing you down with a gun. That's real fear. That's not what we're talking about. Anxiety fear is the other type of fear. And anxiety fear is physiologically identical to excitement in the body. So whether we're excited or anxious fear, we have the same response. But for most of us, we get conditioned to label it as fear and therefore stop but if we label it as excitement take a deep breath and move forward we have a whole different world available oh that makes sense that makes sense well tell me about the mindfulness it took to write that book how did you go about it um i you know i will a little secret so i had actually been writing a daily email for a year and a half and so I took my daily emails and I, and I pulled the best ones out of there and then created uh, exercises to go along with it to help people to deepen the concept. So, so they're little nuggets. So most of the book was written when I sat down and, to do it. However, I, I focused in on, I had one weekend mm-hmm. and I sat myself down at the computer. I did 10 hours both days and I edited crafted did the forward did the backward did all of the, you know all the stuff in one weekend compiled it sent it off to my editor and within 30 days of deciding that I was going to do this book I had the book in my hand <laughs> yeah that is incredible it is incredible now the second book is getting to be a little bit harder <laughs> tell us about your second book so the second book I'm uh, I'm about mm, four-fifths of the way through maybe a little further than that it's called The Dominatrix Guide to Inner Power in Business. And that's going to be super juicy. So that one is a weaving together of these stories from the dungeon, little bits of that, not too graphic, and bringing it in and relating it to, you know, how does that apply in business? Bringing in some of my stories from, you know, my 25 years as a, a self-employed business owner in, in pulling all of these pieces in and teaching people how to really connect with their inner power so that they can lead effectively. Ah, and when are you expecting this book to be released? 
Not um, sure. The date keeps getting a little bit pushed out, but we're hoping to have that uh, on the shelves January. In January. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a master healer. Yes. Tell us about that. How did you discover that you could heal? Mm. You know, it's one of those things that when I look back, I realize I had this skill as a kid. Mm. However, growing up in the Jehovah Witness religious cult, it was very frowned upon to do anything like that. That was not part of that set. So I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize it. And then as I was um, going through school, I actually started out in computer programming of all things. So I started out in computer programming and then got a job as a receptionist at a massage college because of my computer programming skills. So they were hoping to get a cheap programmer and they trained me how to be a receptionist. And then I ended up discovering that massage therapy was, was really much more aligned with who I was and what I wanted to do. And everybody kept saying to me, you have such healing hands, you have such healing hands. So I kept exploring more and more of the energy modalities, psychotherapy, you know, different physical things. I wanted to really take people on this journey of unlocking their bodies. And I realized that I needed to unlock the energy system and the emotional system and then the physical, because if we don't do those other two, the physical doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time. And with all of the many, many experiences you've had, I'm sure some of them have included bullying. Do you have a, a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? Mm, for sure. I mean, the one that comes to my mind is I can remember it was grade one or grade two and being out in the in the schoolyard. And of course, you know, one of the things with the Jehovah Witness religion is the door knocking, right? It, everybody's familiar with that. Yes. And so the kids in the schoolyard would taunt me and saying that my father sells vacuum cleaners because we were going door to door. And they, they did this for weeks and it was just so annoying. And, and finally, I punched one of them. So mindfulness probably would have been a better plan. <laughs> 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 I may be a little too feisty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, you you heal people, you you work with people, you coach. I it only comes to mind that so many people who have the abilities that you have would want to put those uh, you know that information out there, but they would probably think to themselves, well, but I'll just leave this dominatrix part out of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that's going to help. So I'm just going to kind of tuck that away. But you did the opposite. Now, was that through coaching someone who coached you that said, hey, you got to do this? Was it yeah. yourself? Tell us about that. Both. So I had I had a coach uh, several years ago who was helping me to discover, okay, what is it that really lights you up? And, you know, we hit on this, this dominatrix piece and I'm like, oh, that's really juicy. And and honestly, I went through a waffling period where, you know, it was like, I really wanted to do this. I was really excited about it. I could see the value of it. And then I would think about bringing it into the world and all the judgment. And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I try to bring some of it out. And then I have all this judgment coming up. And I'm like, oh, so it waffled until uh, just over a year ago, a friend of mine sat me down and I, I had another business on the go which was sucking the life out of me, but I was doing it because I was afraid to fully jump into this dominatrix piece. And, and she's, you know, she sat me down. She, she showed me that I was sticking with the store for the status of being able to say, Oh, I've got this million dollar store. And, 
And then when I realized that, then I was like, okay, I got to stop. I got to stop doing this. Because if I'm going to empower people to step into their lives, I need to first do this. And in that moment, I, I just made a decision. I put the star for sale, sold it in one day. Craziness. Wow. Yeah. Like when you're on path, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things line up. Yes. And since then, I have been you know, really connecting with the people who love my brand, love what I'm doing, and that I've been stepping into it more and more, really owning it. And do you notice that a lot of the people that connect with you kind of fit into a genre? Are they a lot, are there similarities in those people? I would say the big similarity is that people are uh, open-minded to begin with. They've already done a good deal of personal development already. And so they have that level of, you know, mindfulness and non-judgment to a point and they're curious to take it even further. Sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. As we move toward the end of our interview, Dana, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So we'll zoom right through these. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Wow. Okay. Um, I would say it was my first energy healer teacher and really teaching me to, to connect with the energy itself. Okay. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Mm, that has been massive for not being caught up in them, allowing myself to expand out so that I can drop off all of that baggage and garbage. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Mm, you know, the breath is so critical for getting you connected because it, it allows you to really feel in your body. So I and oxygen kind of important. Kind of is. Sure. <laughs> Can you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness, Dana? I'm, you know, I honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the book situation for mindfulness anyway, because mm-hmm. mindfulness is a, more of a kinesthetic experience and reading books puts you into your head. And so I'd suggest for people to look at more guided meditations or, you know, the um, music that takes you on the, you know, viral beats, that kind of thing to, to start that process instead. Okay. Well, and on that note, can you share an app of some kind that you use or that you would recommend, which is related to mindfulness? Mm-hmm. So I've discovered a, a great new artist called uh, Macaroni Union, and they have an amazing album called Weightless. And this, it is fantastic for taking your brain waves into the theta state. It's a lovely one. I like to put that one on and go for a walking meditation. Just walk barefoot. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, Dana, it has been really fascinating to talk with you today. Absolutely. How can we connect with you? How can we learn even more about what you do? Mm-hmm. I would love for people to check out the Inner Dominatrix podcast because that's a great place to discover more, find out more tools, find out more about the story. That's exciting. How long have you been doing your podcast? The podcast has been since January. We're, uh, we're okay. up over 50 episodes and mm-hmm. having a blast. That's exciting. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dana. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate the time. All the best. Bye now. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.